scripture this morning, very familiar scripture to many of you. 1 Kings chapter 17, reading verses 1 to 16. And if you would stand with me, if you're able, if you're not, that's fine. I find myself sitting down a good bit at district camp meeting. I noticed our dear former general superintendent, Reverend Tom Hermes, came in. And uh, Reverend Hermes, uh, they a lot of times want you standing up while they're singing the congregational songs. And uh, so I don't stand up at the very first. I wait. And then after a bit, I stand up because I know I'm not going to stand as long. I noticed Dr. Hermes, he stood up with the first of the singing. And then I noticed he was back down <laughs> before the end of the singing. <laughs> um, I also noticed that uh, Brian Arner at, at uh, general camp meeting uh, did not have a stand so much. Uh, he had to stay seated until closer to time when we were going to go to prayer, then he had a stand. Uh, so uh, it's, uh, I know it's hard, so I try not to have you stand too much. So we're reading out of 1 Kings chapter 17, and we're reading at verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is beyond Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass, after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water and a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, 
The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Dear Lord, we pray your special blessings on the word this morning. We pray, dear Lord, that the familiarity of the passage will not block from our hearts the truth of what is conveyed here, that, Lord, our hearts will be encouraged and will feel the presence and the strengthening that comes through being in church with fellow believers and being in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We ask, dear Lord, these favors in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> and so a little background on what's taking place here uh, would be in order because uh, Elijah, uh, we don't know anything of Elijah before he just appears here suddenly and makes his announcement. Uh, that there isn't going to be any rain. Uh, so you know in the New Testament who, who was John, who was Elijah uh, in the New Testament. Do you remember that? Uh, Jesus said that John the Baptist was the Elijah that would come, but they didn't hear him. Uh, John dressed like Elijah did in the, of the Old Testament, uh, lived out in the wilderness, and uh, had and ate locusts and wild honey like uh, his prototype, like Elijah in the Old Testament did. Uh, so uh, Jesus also referred to Elijah, uh, not that uh, we have to doubt anything about what the Holy Writ says, but uh, Jesus uh, spoke about this widow woman that was fed and uh, he angered the Pharisees because he said uh, there were a lot of widow women in the land, but God did not send Elijah to an Israelite. He sent Elijah to a Gentile, and uh, that, that got their anger stirred uh, because uh, that a Gentile was given a place of recognition in God's plan uh, where there were many Israelite widows, but God had a plan for the Gentile. And aren't you glad that God does have a plan for Gentiles? We wouldn't be in the kingdom if he didn't have a plan for the Gentiles. But let's look back on what is going on here, why this... Uh, announcement was made. If you look back in your scriptures at verse 29 of the previous chapter, chapter 16 and verse 29, and in the 30 and 8th year of Asa, king of Judah, so let's get our bearings. We're, we're in a divided kingdom, and I've spoken to you about this before, a divided kingdom. So we have the southern kingdom that is 
where Jerusalem is, where uh, Solomon had built the temple, uh, where uh, uh, David had his palace and so forth. Uh, that, that would be Judah and Benjamin, two of the tribes of Israel. That would be the southern part of the land of Israel as we know it today. And then the upper part, above that, there were the tribes that, like Zebulun, uh, Manasseh, Ephraim, and so forth, uh, that consisted of northern Israel, and a lot of times they are just called Israel. And the southern part, oftentimes, is just called Judah. So we cannot think about uh, the time of Christ specifically. Uh, this is Old Testament, and so we're looking at a divided kingdom. And we're looking at a southern kingdom that is a little more religious, a little more spiritual, a little, they have better kings uh, versus the northern kingdom that has more wicked kings and has uh, more of a tendency to pull away from God, from the God of Israel, from Jehovah God. And so that's what we're reading here, that Asa was the king of Judah, the southern kingdom, and, and then Ahab, the son of Omri, began to reign over Israel, and Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 20 and 2 years. So now we have this northern kingdom of Israel. Jerusalem is the capital, as it were, of the southern kingdom. Samaria is the capital of the northern kingdom. And so Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel. Have you ever heard that name? Jezebel, the daughter of Ithbaal king of the Zidonians or Phoenicians and went and served Baal and worshipped him and he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal which he had built in Samaria and Ahab made a grove and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. So there's a little history going, going on here uh, before we meet Elijah and what Elijah had to say to Ahab, the king. Uh, they were pulling away from God. They were, they were pulling away from the commandments of God. And uh, the Bible warned them uh, during the days of Moses, they were warned uh, by Moses about what could happen if, if they pulled away from God and did not serve the Lord. Uh, 
the scripture tells us that the Lord had been good. He gave them a good land uh, in, in Deuteronomy. Uh, these words by Moses, it came to pass, it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. And I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. This is in Deuteronomy 11, and I read verse 13 through 15. Now he says in verse 16, Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived, and ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath that be kindled against you, and he shut up the heaven, and there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, and lest ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. He says, therefore shall ye lay up these words in your heart and in your soul. And so they were warned during the time of Moses not to go after other gods, not to forsake the Lord God. And so uh, they have been pulling away their kings prior to Ahab uh, in the northern kingdom were wicked kings and pulled away from God. And so uh, God is going to send judgment upon them. And I know uh, when we see calamities in our own land, we can't help but think about a land, a country that's been blessed by God and that in many ways has pulled away from the Lord and from the things that this country was founded on. And you wonder, could these episodes be a part of God's judgment for forsaking him? Uh, we don't like to be too dogmatic on that. We don't, we don't really uh, want to go into the category of, of uh, hysteria, uh, but you, you wonder about the things, about the fires that are burning so much of the country. Uh, you, wonder, you wonder about the hurricanes that hit and the floods that hit, and, and you wonder, you know, it's, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give you a government loan. Everything will be okay. We'll give you a government loan. Uh, but government, government loans don't bring back lives, and they don't bring back keepsakes, uh, family heirlooms and photo albums and things like this. Uh, so you, you wonder, you wonder, could these things be a result of God's displeasure and people pulling away from the Lord? Now when we think about Elijah, uh, we don't want to 
think that Elijah just took this on himself. And he just became angry, and so he, he determined that he was, going to, he was going to take action. We have to be careful about that, folks, because uh, when we start going off on our own, get ourselves in trouble, don't we? Uh, we begin to react to situations that we know are not right, and we get out of step with the Lord. We show an unchristlike attitude. Uh, we actually begin to look like some of the workers of Satan and some of the hatred and vitriol that they express. Uh, but this was not something that was just a spur-of-the-moment thing. Um, James chapter 5 and verse, the last part of 16, 516, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, the scriptures tell us. Elijah, and I'm changing that in the old King James, it says Elias, but that's Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly. His praying was going on before he ever came and stood before the king, folks. His praying was going on. He was a man of prayer. Elijah was deeply concerned about the wayward path of his nation, about what was going on with his nation. And he was, he was praying about this. Eventually it came to a time of action where he prayed that it would not rain on the earth. And so that's what James tells us, that he prayed, and so he got a word from God that judgment was going to come, that the land was going to be deprived of its moisture. The significant thing about this, and I know if you've been in church for any time at all, and most of you have been, you know that this God that they erected the temple to in Samaria, this Baal, uh, was a God that was supposed to control all the moisture. Uh, he was the God of the storms, and he was the God that could bring rain. So uh, you had to worship him uh, if you're going to be in step with the culture, because otherwise uh, you might have a calamity. So uh, offer him sacrifice and and show him reverence and respect and then every everything will be okay that was the common attitude of the people and so uh, when Elijah stands up and says that it's not going to rain he is coming directly against this false god this Baal who is supposed to control the rain he's saying God that I serve is not going to allow it to rain, and it doesn't matter who you serve. When we think about Elijah's name, <coughs> his name 
is the Lord is God or the Lord is my God. And so uh, he was standing up against the culture. He was standing against the culture, folks. And so when he made the announcement that it's not going to rain, he did that by the word of the Lord. He says here, as the Lord God of Israel liveth. As the Lord God of Israel liveth. Before whom I stand. So he's basing it on God's authority and God's power. I'm telling you by the authority of God that it's not going to rain. And then as soon as he delivers the announcement, it says the word of the Lord came to him again. And it came saying, get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Because his life was not going to be worth much. Because when calamity starts coming and problems start coming, then people look for someone to blame. And instead of blaming their own idolatry, instead of taking responsibility for their own actions, they lay the blame on somebody else. And so we've come through a time in our country, folks, and we're still in the midst of that, maybe not quite as bad as it was a few months ago, but we still live in a very uh, risky time. Uh, my brother told me yesterday when I called him, he said he was in Columbus down on Philippi Road. They had gone in somewhere and someone broke their window out of their car and reached in and grabbed a backpack that was in there that happened to have a granddaughter's uh, laptop in it. And uh, he said there was a lot of tears shed over that. Uh, but of course that won't bring the laptop back, the, the backpack with the laptop, it won't bring that back. Uh, we are in the midst of, of a lot of violence in our land, uh, a lot of things going on that you wonder how, how they could happen. There was a restaurant in Detroit. Um, now I said Detroit, but I think I just misspoke. Um, we are told that uh, there was a deli um, in downtown Chicago. So it wasn't Detroit, it was Chicago, Illinois. In downtown Chicago, um, there were two owners of that. It was Nina's Deli, and it was very popular. They had a very, a very pleasing uh, cuisine. Uh, it was Latino-owned. Uh, operating in a minority neighborhood, uh, it was it was a very popular place. Uh, they had a, a nice pink front on it uh, that was painted over with a Black Lives Matter uh, with a fist. Uh, they repainted it and covered that up and tried to go on with business. Uh, 
the owner came out with a statement, Nina's Deli believes that all people are created equal in the image of God. We do not promote or agree with racism and hatred of any kind. In light of the current events, we want to let our city and nation know that we mourn with you. We pray for justice for George Floyd's family and friends and the entire community that is hurting. We believe that all black lives matter and we know that only God can bring about the justice that is deserved. As a Christian, we stand against all injustice and will always serve our communities with love, grace, and integrity. No matter your race, gender, or background, we, we apologize for not making this statement earlier. We want to serve you, Chicago. Well, a fire star, storm of hostilities ensued. Uh, started with an onslaught of one-star reviews on some of the popular websites. Um, they, uh, they had mob come against them. Uh, their lives were threatened. Uh, they, when they tried to go on operating, the people that worked at the restaurant were threatened. Uh, they, they, they were afraid to work anymore, uh, so they left, they left their jobs. Uh, of course, the restaurant could not go on. Um, protesters located and distributed personal addresses and employer information for members of this family and members of their church. Threatening notes were left on vehicles and jobs were lost. Uh, various treatment forced this family to seriously consider the safety of their families. Um, their wives, these brothers' wives were pregnant, uh, their children, their mother, they packed up. <clears throat> this, I should have broken that up. Their wives were pregnant. They took their children, their mother, packed up and fled the state in the middle of the night. <clears throat> the following day, rioter, rioters arrived by the thousands. Nina's was done. Uh, rioters painted over the cheerful pink exterior walls with black paint, and a large clenched fist symbolized, recognized by BLM and other movements heavily influenced by Marxism. <coughs> Uh, the family originally headed for Florida, but when they realized they were being tracked electronically, <laughs> they changed their location, <laughs> and they went to Texas. And they've been in Texas for a year, and they're trying to serve God there and opening a church and so forth. Can you believe that's United States of America? Hard to believe that anything like that could go on in our country. So... When God's judgment was sent and Elijah gave the announcement, the Bible says that God told him to go over to a brook, a brook uh, that fed off of the Jordan River. And it was a place far away from Samaria where he could hide and where God's judgment could go ahead and do its work over a period of time. 
But of course, when you don't have rain, things happen. Now, God was taking care of Elijah, and God does take care of us, folks. God told Elijah to go there, and God did take care of him. And so, how did God take care of him? Um, how did he get fed? How did he get fed? Anybody? By the ravens. What's, what's a raven? Pardon? A bird? Okay, kind of like a crow, isn't it? Kind of like a crow. Not quite a crow, but kind of like a crow. Uh, so uh, a crow or a raven is an unclean bird, isn't it? Uh, they're, they're not a clean bird. And so God, God used an unclean bird or unclean birds uh, to feed Elijah. So where did, the, where did these crows or these ravens, where did they get this food? Did their mama crows cook it up and then the, then the male crows took it from the table and gave it to, gave it to Elijah? Where did they get it? Where did they get this? Um, did they fly up in heaven and the angels were making angel food cake and stuff and they got it from up there? Or, or did they go down low and get devil's food cake and take that to them? Uh, I don't think so. Where, where could they have gotten this kind of cuisine? Where could they have gotten this kind of food? I like to think that the same way that Moses was taken care of by the Pharaoh's daughter, that uh, God had a way of get, letting the birds take the food from the palace, from where there was a bounty and a plentiful amount, to carry it to Elijah. Um, so we have the first example. Who remembers an airlift that we had to take care of our troops? Do you remember hearing about an air troop? An air, what was it, Doris? One every two minutes? Okay. Did they actually land? Because I, what I heard was they dropped it by parachute. <coughs> so. Okay. So that was, that was called the Berlin Airlift, wasn't it? Yeah. Flew in, flew in fuel for fire? Okay. Okay. 
it went on long enough that it broke the back of the resistance, didn't it? Our troops could survive and could stay where they were supposed to be and defend themselves. Uh, so here we have an airlift before the Berlin airlift <laughs> that was God's airlift, airlifting groceries to Elijah to see that Elijah was taken care of. Um, quite a fantastic story to think about how God would do this, how God would provide for his man when his man was in circumstances that would have claimed his life if he would have come out. And so he stayed until the brook dried up. So God had told him to go there. He was in the center of God's will. He was doing what he was supposed to do. But the brook dried up, didn't it? Sometimes, folks, our brooks dry up. We, we've received something from God. We enjoy it. We, we thrive on it. We think we're always going to have it. And then it dries up. And Elijah didn't question God and say, well, you told me to come here, and I thought this was always going to be the way it was. I was going to have water here to drink, and I would always be cared for, and now your promises failed because the brooks dried up. This rivulet, this side stream off the Jordan is dry. We go through times in our lives, folks, where things dry up. We go through times when things change. And we're tempted when we go through that to begin to doubt God. To say maybe God didn't realize what was going to happen. Or why did God let this happen? That we have to go through this. It, it certainly, when the brook started running out of water, and when Elijah realized that there was no more provision there for him, it was not a pleasant time for him. How was he going to go from on the far side of Jordan up to Phoenicia? That was exposing him to danger as he traveled across country to get out of the land of Israel. That's what he was doing. He was going out of the land of Israel. He was going up above. If you look on a Bible map where Sidon is, it would be north of there, up into Phoenicia. So he had to travel across territory that could be hostile. So we don't know if he traveled at night or how he did it. Uh, but God told him that he was to go to this place out of Israel that belonged to Zidon or Phoenicia and dwell there. He's to leave the land of Israel. And so he goes and God says, I've already talked to a woman there and she's going to feed you. Now, when you read the story... Uh, he says, I have commanded a widow woman there, I've a widow there to sustain thee. He arose and went. You think, oh, you know, you just get up and go. Wasn't quite that quick, folks. 
it took a while. Uh, he came to the gate of the city. Uh, now he's in, he's in territory that actually, when he goes out of Israel, he's going into a land where the ruler there also worships Baal. It's actually Jezebel's father, who who was in who was the ruler of that land. Ith Baal was his name, and it means Baal lives. And so he was actually going into what you would think would be an even worse place. He's leaving Israel. He's going into Phoenicia, and he's going under Jezebel's father's reign here in Phoenicia. And the scripture says that this woman, even though she's living in the devil's territory, was a believer because God was able to speak to her and soften her heart for what was going to take place. Now it looks like it's a big surprise to her when Elijah gets there, doesn't it? Because he's coming to the gate of the city, and when he comes to the gate of the city, he sees this woman, this widow, gathering two sticks. That's what the scripture says. She was gathering two sticks. So widows did not have an easy time back in this day. There was, there was no means to supply their need like we have today with welfare and so forth. Uh, this was an agricultural day, and once your workers were gone out of your house, uh, you were left pretty destitute as far as getting along. And so, uh, if, you, if you look down a little further, you'll see where, where she says uh, in verse 12, I am gathering two sticks, <laughs> two sticks, <laughs> I'm going to go build a fire with two sticks and I'm going to fix something for my son and myself. And Elijah has first asked her for a drink. She's willing to do that. But then while she's going, he calls after her. <coughs> and he says... Fetch me, I pray thee, not that I, get, I need to go down. Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Uh, and she says, as the Lord thy God liveth. She knows the Lord God, Jehovah. As the Lord thy God liveth. I'll tell you what kind of situation I'm in. So what was her situation, people? How much did she have? She had, she had one barrel, didn't she? She had a barrel, and in the barrel, the barrel was empty, wasn't it, except for just enough to make one more cake. And she had, she had a, a jug, a smaller container, and it had oil in it. So you've got your olive oil, you've got your cornmeal, or whatever kind of meal it was. Okay, so this is what I've got, and I'm getting ready to fix one last meal, and then we're going to die because there is no more. So Elijah says, 
go ahead, does he say go ahead and fix it? And you and your son eat, and, and then what does he say? What does he say, Kathy? He says, bring it to me first. <laughs> what a chauvinist pig, right? You and your son can die. I, I want the first. I want the first cake. Well, he wasn't being a chauvinist pig. He was. He was teaching something that we all ought to know. And that is, give God his first. Don't give God leftovers. And that's what we're tempted to do. And guess what? <laughs> when we give God leftovers. God usually gets cheated, doesn't he? He doesn't usually get it. <clears throat> Amazing to me, sometimes in church, you know, there'll be a time where folks can't be there. Well, you know how it is if you're, if you're away from home and you have electric, you, you skip a couple weeks paying the electric bill, don't you? you? You say, I don't owe that because I wasn't home. But that's the way people look at it at church. They, they miss church, and they say, well, you know, uh, I wasn't there. I couldn't put anything in the offering. I couldn't give. Uh, we'll just skip that two weeks. <laughs> just let that go. That really doesn't count. Uh, instead of saying, you know, Every week, I should be given to the Lord, or whenever I get my check, I should be given to the Lord out of that. And that still belongs to the Lord, whether I was in church that week or not. It still belongs to the Lord. It's still the Lord's. And so, yes, he said, give it to me first, because when she was given to Elijah, she was given to God, wasn't she? She was giving to God. And so, this woman had some smarts, didn't she? She didn't argue. She didn't, she didn't give excuse about it. She didn't disobey. He said, this is the promise. God will take care of you. Isn't that what, what he said in essence? God will take care of you. And so, the scripture tells us, that as soon as she did that, did that meal barrel fill clear up with meal? And that jug of olive oil, did it go clear to the top? And they had enough to last for weeks. Didn't happen, did it? It didn't happen, folks. Every time it was time to fix a meal, and she went to the barrel, there was enough there. There wasn't surplus. There was enough there to fix that meal. There was enough oil. You know, you tip that thing, you think, man, this, this, this is clear on empty. This is clear on empty. I, I won't have enough. But God said it's going to last. And so she was able to fix those cakes and feed Elijah, feed herself and her son, and it never ran out. Every time she went to the barrel, when she thought 
There's only enough for this meal. It was resupplied. There was enough there. She could make some more. God will take care of you, folks. Jesus said, look at the ravens, how they are taken care of, and yet they don't harvest and gather into barns. But God knows all about them. Not even a sparrow can fall to the ground without your father. He sees all of it. <clears throat> if, God, if God takes care of the birds, then he can take care of his faithful people. So, yeah, a lot of people have been cheated out of the blessings of God because they have not acted in faith. They have not given God what belongs to him and been faithful in that. Now, there's a remedy for that, and that is make correction, ask forgiveness, and start doing it. Be faithful to the Lord and faithful to his cause and to his ways. And God will hear and God will take notice and God will give you grace and strength and you can grow in faith. And so <clears throat> Elijah stayed with this widow woman and he and she and her son were provided for God will take care of you, folks. Yes, even in a time when the culture has changed. Even in a time when maybe we feel threatened. Hold on to faith. Hold on to God. Hold on to what is right. Trust Him. And move ahead with His counsel, with His direction, and do what is right. God will take care of you. Will you stand with me this morning? <clears throat>